Hey everyone, welcome back to Rally Caps, a podcast for the creative entrepreneur building a business for the long haul. Today, we're thrilled to welcome Caleb Wachek to the show. Caleb is one of the rare people that is the jack of all trades, also somehow a master of all of them, a YouTuber, fellow podcaster, commercial filmmaker, Enneagram number five, video, audio, and editing educator, gear reviewer, and very notably, the co-creator of SwitchPod, a metal mini tripod for running gun filmmaking, used by pretty much every single creative YouTuber out there, and most recently, a father. Is that all correct, Caleb? Uh, yeah, I don't know where you found out I was an Enneagram 5, though. That's scary. <laughs> I don't think I've posted about that on the internet. I feel like you had to talk to my wife or something. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I creeped, like, I just interviewed all the people in your life, and yeah, I know everything about you. It's fine. Well, I'm ready to see what kind of dirt you can spill here for me. So, no, but yeah, I, yeah, all that was true. Yeah, it was epic. There yeah, it's um, yeah. But the the more and more we're interviewing people, the more and more we're just like, man, like people just do so much, and it's like it's so cool to see it all as a list. And I don't know if you've kind of experienced and laid it out that way, and just um, yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, it's just an incredibly impressive list of things that you do. I just. I see a lot of specifically, like I see a lot of correlations between you and I and balancing a lot of different hats, but I know we said this before we started recording, like I, I just feel like a 10th, uh, as smart as you <laughs> like, with just balancing, uh, a ton of hats. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's so impressive just seeing all the things that you do and all the things that you're balancing. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, I would say that balancing different businesses is is very difficult. And like I personally am envious of people that just have like one thing that's really successful, but that also doesn't really map to my personality or like attention span very well. So like having a bunch of different things going on uh, is really helpful for me. And I would say I did recently kind of look at all of them because I was working on my annual review uh, for 2020. Now that it's March, I'm doing my annual review. Uh, that's just kind of how life goes sometimes. Tax season. Um, yeah, exactly. Because you're looking at all your numbers and you're like, oh, I should like do a formal review of everything. So it, it is hard for me to juggle all the things and we can talk about that. Uh, but also I think it's helpful to have different kind of businesses, different ways to bring money in, especially in a crazy year like last year where one of your income streams could get completely shut off. So happy to talk about whatever you guys want. Awesome. Well, awesome. yeah, uh, we, we obviously feel like we just scratched the surface and naming all the things. Um, but I would love to just kind of break down all the things that we mentioned, uh, just kind of one by one. And you kind of like spit firing make a minute or two, just kind of in depth what each of those things are. So uh, first up, just kind of looking at your YouTube channel and within that uh, being do, and doing gear review videos on the YouTube channel. What does that look like? Yeah, so I feel like YouTube and doing digital stuff like podcasts or courses or blogging or any of that kind of stuff to me is like my third child at this point. And I'm the third child, so I feel like I was the one that's always forgotten. Yeah. Um, I saw a TikTok where like a mom, it was like a fake mom and a kid, and it was like the firstborn comes up and they're like, oh, do you have pictures of me? And they're like, oh, yeah, I have like three scrapbooks and like everything. And then the second kid comes up and they're like, oh, I think I have some. And then the third kid comes up and like, do you have a picture of me? And she's like... Yeah, right there. And you mean, you mean our Christmas photo from this year? Yeah, that's the only one I got. You know, like, this is like the third kid is like kind of forgotten a, a little bit. Um, and, I, and I work on, you know, YouTube and stuff like that when I don't have client stuff that has deadlines or when SwitchPod is not super busy. Um, but about six or seven years ago, I just started putting up videos about 
gear that I was using to podcast or start to make videos. And I just uh, left working at a startup and was running my own video production company. And back then, I mean, 2014, there weren't as many people talking about photo and video yeah. stuff on YouTube as there are now. And so mm-hmm. I just would make videos that I thought needed to be out there after I would research the manual of how to use a piece of equipment. Um, now I feel like there's so many videos about everything before I can even put anything out about them. And so I don't feel the need to do that as often, but I will go deep into a specific camera or something I'm buying, or I like to teach video editing and, and video production as well. So I try to just take my own angle and approach on it. Yeah. it's It seems like it's a it's just a whole new beast uh, these days with whatever angle you're trying to do with YouTube and just trying to see the evolution of it. And like, you know, if someone's trying to start a channel now, what's the kind of angle they can take? Cause yeah, what you're saying with, especially with gear reviewing, you have a bunch of businesses just doing drops with like a handful of creators and then they get to do it. I, th- I remember the first time we felt that we saw the announcement of the Mavic 2 drone and we're like, mm. we saw the drop and all of us in the studio are like, okay, we're going to buy this. Like we, we put it in the cart, we bought it. And we're like, all right, as soon as we get it, we're going to make a review. And then like we opened another tab to YouTube and there were like three other people that made the video and we're like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> and that was like the first like iteration of us seeing that. And it was like, Okay, never mind. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, yeah the it, embargo it becomes a is hamster wheel. And everything's there. Yeah, yeah, it becomes a hamster wheel, and like some people really love that stuff. And I feel like I've, in a way, aged out of it. Where hmm. like I feel like I have all the equipment that I need to do what I want to do, and now it's a matter of doing it. And other people like their business is built on the next camera release and getting getting the leads to it or getting the sponsorship deal with the brands and getting the more affiliate income. And my business isn't relying on that. So I don't feel like I have to be there on day one. For sure. I love that. Uh, the next thing we mentioned was podcasts. What does podcasts look like? I, it's, it's hard for us. We, we like binge watch your hundredth episode and we're going to mention that later. Uh, but like, it's so funny, like how much we already know about you just from that one episode of listening to the podcast. But how has that been? Like how, you know, just let us hear all about that too. Yeah, I've sporadically run my podcast for the past six years or so. Um, interview a lot of filmmakers, a lot of YouTubers, entrepreneurs, things like that. Mainly, I just try to have public conversations with people I'm already friends with or yeah. want to get to know. I think that that's a powerful thing about a podcast is to grow a network beyond yourself. Um, hmm. I don't, I don't really get the download numbers or like the crazy growth, or I don't have sponsors or anything like that. The the video version doesn't get the views that my other videos get. So mm-hmm. I kind of treat my podcast more like a playground to just like catch up with people I haven't talked to in a while, try to share what I've learned with people, try to be more open and honest about stuff. And yeah, like videos over an hour long don't perform super well on YouTube, but <laughs> like that's kind of what I want to make. And so I end up making them. Totally. Love it. Yeah, we feel that. We like we thought about, you know, I we thought about putting the podcast on my channel. And since YouTube is quickly becoming about 50 percent of my income, uh, we're almost like, okay we don't we actually don't want to mess with that. We can't like in a a world where that could be a playground for me, I would totally just not care and throw the podcast episode up on my personal channel. But we're like, let's just make a dedicated channel for this so that people are expecting to see really long format videos if they subscribe, you know. Um, but no, I have friends that have I think big YouTube channels that 
separated the podcast. Like it got to a certain point, like, yeah. like Matt Diavella, for example, like he was doing a podcast. It was all on the same channel. And eventually he, he broke it off into a separate channel and then just stopped doing it all together. But you know, those types of longer videos that don't get the click through rate, that don't get the watch time, it can yeah. hurt how your next videos perform, which is a, a horrible way to act as a creative, to have to think about the algorithm about yeah. like, where do you want to put yeah. stuff? But knowing that that's what bigger channels do, then you kind of follow the advice. Yeah. It's unfortunate that we have to be put in a box like that. I just, yeah. I just like dumped on a, like all my, all my heart <laughs> out on the table on one of the recent videos and just saying like, screw all, all of it. <laughs> I hate all that so much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you also mentioned that uh, about 90% of your work and your income is through commercial filmmaking, right? Your video production business. Yeah, it definitely was before last year. Now it's it's closer to 50-50 between SwitchPod and and client work. Um, but before 2020, it was, yeah, like 80 to 90% was from doing client video production. Yeah. Uh, what does some of that client video look like? Like what, what kind of brands are you working with, that kind of stuff? I mean, my stuff is pretty cut and dry, talking head, corporate style videos. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not for big companies. It's usually for independent creators or startups. Mm. Uh, a lot of what I've done over the past six or seven years has been online courses. So people that mm. already have existing large businesses, large audiences that want to do high quality courses. Um, like there's there's it, filming in your bedroom and then there's masterclass. And I try to be like somewhere in the middle, the middle. you know, of, <laughs> of quality. So, you know, like we're doing multicam, we're doing like more high high quality productions start to finish with people, but it's people teaching the most random things, everything from like investing or accounting to watercolor painting to how to podcast, you know, awesome. food photography, a bunch of stuff like that. Sweet. Sweet. Uh, I'll like, I'll let uh, Steven tackle the last one. Yeah. We also, at the end of your intro, talked about SwitchPod, which Eric had briefly described as a, a metal tripod that has been extremely popular on YouTube amongst the vloggers and video creators there. And that's like you just mentioned now roughly about like 50% of the business that you're doing. We've seen, I think, especially in the past year, a growing trend from creators bringing physical products into the real world. And I think more high profile examples of that have been like Mr. Beast Burger, Chamberlain Coffee and uh, David Dobrik's Perfume. But you've been doing this physical product, this this invention of yours for two years now. I think it launched at the beginning of 2019. And while we could talk about that for almost an entire episode because it's so flipping cool, <laughs> uh, like when you created that, did you see a need in the the vlogger market and then feel compelled to make something, or had you just like always wanted to create a physical product? I would say I never thought about creating a physical product. It more came down okay. to like being really annoyed at the gorilla pod from Joby, like how, <laughs> how I could never get the legs to like be fully straight and like how, like bending it into the right shape and then trying to set it into a tripod. Like it really came from frustration and being annoyed by something. And mm -hmm. kind of the origin story of the idea was my co-founder Pat Flynn and I were at a video event called vid summit in LA in 2017. Yeah just like seeing everyone struggle with their gorilla pods because everyone was vlogging. It was like peak Casey Neistat, like we got to put videos out daily. Mm -hmm. And we're like, Dude, there's got to be a better way than this thing. Mm -hmm. And that's great for wrapping around trees and like railings and stuff like that. But it wasn't built for people to film themselves to vlog. Mm -hmm. 
And so we started working on it then and worked on it for a little over a year before launching a Kickstarter. You raised, what was it, 200000 around that in the 36-hour window? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty fast uh, takeoff. We we launched it with our audience and a couple other uh, YouTuber friends of mine. And in the first six hours, we got to 50,000. Then Peter McKinnon's video came out, and we got to 100,000 about five hours later. And then over the next day, it got to another 100,000 or so. Yeah. Oh, so my word. <laughs> it kind of blew my mind. I didn't know how to react. How did, like, how did you, did you already have existing connections with those YouTubers? Like, if someone as high profile as Peter McKinnon, like, what did that process look like? We had met him at Vid Summit the next year. So Vid Summit 2018, we had our final prototype, and uh, Pat and I both spoke at the event. We know Daryl Eves, who started the event. We asked for an introduction to Peter at one of, like, the VIP events the last night that we were there, and we got, like, five minutes to show it to him, and he wanted it. And I was like, wow. I don't have another one, and we have to, like, launch our <laughs> Kickstarter campaign and take pictures. Uh, can I make you one? So we made him another one. Wow. Cost about fifteen hundred dollars, and I shipped it to him in like this black box with like yellow confetti because those were our colors and stuff. Um, I would have thrown in some knives and stuff in there too, but I didn't know if it would make it through customs to Canada. So you know, we th we gave it to him, um, and then he emailed and he's like, "Hey, I want to make a video about this." And I was really surprised that he said that. Um, and he's like, "Can Jeez. I put one out tomorrow?" And I was like, "Can you wait one week until our Kickstarter campaign launches?" Um, so that, that was kind of how we got introduced to Peter um, wow. and, and got what in his hands. Yeah. That is so That's cool. Oh, my gosh. Cool. You, you raised $200,000 in 36 hours on Kickstarter. That seems like an objectively insane and incredible feat to accomplish. But we also know that you've kind of described yourself as a like a what's next kind of person. Like you're always looking ahead to the next task and, and not necessarily always like pausing to celebrate on stuff like that. When you accomplished that and when you had this 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 product funded and ready to go, was there any moment of excitement or celebration or even like a tiny bottle of champagne or anything like that that you were ready to go for that? I would say when we hit 100,000 on the very first day, uh, I, I like ordered a pizza, cracked open a beer, and I just like went live on YouTube for no reason. Like I, I yeah. don't ever go go live on the internet, nice. but I just was yeah. like, I kind of wanted to bask in the glory a little bit and celebrate yeah. as much as I could. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was like the one moment, and then that night I think I stayed up till one or two a.m. just like replying to everybody on, on the internet. And I was like, this is what it's like to, to be famous. Uh, and then like the next day, <laughs> I, you know, there weren't as many messages and stuff like that, but. You know, it, it was really cool in the first day or two to see a lot of the people I followed online in the like backer list, you know, like having bought SwitchPod and stuff like that. And so that was really fun for me. Um, so there was a little bit of a celebration, but yeah, like the next day it was like, okay, how do we, how do we get more backers? And, you know, we have 59 days left and, you know, like that's kind of my personality. Yeah. And for sure. It's, I'm just trying to like connect all the dots of you, you, you know, you were already doing a really good job of connecting and getting yourself connected to the content world and going to places like Vidsum and making connections and relationships Did, after the, after the launch, um, of SwitchPod, was it, was it very like, did you double the amount of connections you had then? Like what, what did that do to your ability to find connectedness in the creator world and start collaborating with more people? 
I tried to I tried to lean into it. Um, it was opening up like a different area of connections for me. I feel like all my connections up to that point were more like entrepreneurs and people that were bloggers or podcasters or mm -hmm. they ran startups and stuff like that. And I didn't have a big group of like the YouTuber photo video creator people. Mm -hmm. And so I tried to lean into it as much as possible. And during the campaign, uh, I bought a ticket to fly to Toronto uh, with no plans basically. And cause I, cause I wanted to meet other YouTuber people. I wanted to meet Peter in person and thank yeah. him and stuff like that. So it was like, Hey Peter, I'm going to be in Toronto on this date. Like these days, are you free? And he's like, yeah, swing by the studio. But like, I didn't have that plan before I bought the ticket kind of thing. So we also went to New York and got to meet with Marquez Brownlee because Pat had had him on his podcast and he had bought SwitchBot on Kickstarter. So we were starting to, to meet these different people in person, um, but not ask anything from them. So yeah. not ask them to promote anything, you know, just, just try to, just try to grow the network and always, always be giving and trying to help people out. I love that approach. Honestly, I, I'd like to just commend you for doing that. I felt really cared for by Aperture. They just did that recently with me. Just like, hey, we just wanna, like, we, we wanna be friends with you, basically. Like, we understand what this relationship can look like. We don't expect you to make anything if we give you this product. Just, just as just our way of saying, like, we'd, we'd like to be working with you in some capacity. And I really think that's the way to go. Like, it's, uh, you mentioned in that podcast too, like, Sometimes people will send you gear and then you feel like this tugging feeling of like, oh, it's sitting in my drawer. I need to make this review about it. But you just don't want to. And you didn't really sign up for it. And yeah, we obviously should have the freedom to not have to make something for that. But I really love that connection you're making with people of just being like, you know what? If it's a good product, it's going to do well if people like it. And especially in the circumstance like Peter, like he got it and he's like, can I make a video about this? Like that proves how good of a product it really is if he's going to have that attitude and you have the attitude on the front end of being, like, we have no expectations, you know, but yeah. Uh, and it can be expensive to do that, you know, as a owner of a physical product business, like each one you send out to an influencer or whoever, like it's, that's more money. You don't know if it's going to lead to anything, totally. but you yeah. kind of have to trust in your product too. You have to say right. like, Hey, if I'm going to send this to him, like they're going to like it enough that, you know, they probably will make a dedicated video about it. You know, it's a, it's a pretty niche thing, but like if it's in their camera bag video or, you know, like people just see them using it behind the scenes or something like people are going to ask what it is and that's mm -hmm. going to spread the brand. And so that's kind of the, the approach that we've tried to take with it. Yeah. It's just marketing at that point, you know, having zero expectations, but expecting at least some sort of marketing in some form. I love that. Um, it's, Obviously, the whole physical product making is way different than YouTubing, you know, content creation. Uh, but um, what what is the process of like research and development looked like with SwitchPod? Like, it's just something weird. We have no clue what that <laughs> looks like or what what that process <laughs> is like. Um, how many people did you have to bring on? Like, just what are all the the details of that? Yeah, thankfully, uh, we were friends with someone that runs a company that basically takes someone's idea for a physical mm -hmm. product and they go and help make it. So uh, that company is called Product. It's a combination of the word proud and product, Product. Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to say, and my phone always thinks I misspell it, but <laughs> it is what it is. Um, so they actually, like, one of them walked up to us when we were having the initial idea for SwitchBot, and he was like, let's do it. And I don't think if he would have wouldn't have said that, we would have made SwitchBot. 
because uh, he was at Vid Summit also. Mm. Wow. So they actually, mm. you know, they have, they know engineers that can like prototype your idea and 3D print it and do stuff in CAD. And, and so that's what they worked on first. Then once we got it to a set point, they found factories and packaging facilities overseas that could help us make it. And, you know, they, those places made the, the final prototypes that we had for Kickstarter. And then I said to Peter, and then that same factory then now mass produces SwitchPod when we have a batch order. So, you know, I personally could not have done it by myself. I majored in supply chain management in college, but I don't know Mandarin. I don't know any factories in China. So it was like, you had to find somebody that, that could help us out and, and help us with different parts of the process. That connectedness, I, I think the connectedness is, is just so cool and seeing, it just feels like the, the overarching theme of all of this is, is you making connections with people and putting yourself out there. And obviously with the whole past calendar year we've all had, that's just been, you know, ripped to shreds. Um, but I'm hopeful that, you know, starting this year and seeing kind of a light at the end of the tunnel that this stuff can start happening again. And I think a lot of people hear this and just be really hopeful for whatever endeavor they're going after. But I feel the same way. I feel like if I had an idea like that, there's absolutely no way I could bring it to fruition. But even a conversation like this gets me excited about that, that future possibility because I could probably just reach out to you and be like, hey, can you hook me up with all of it? Like, could, could, I, could you start conversations, you know? Um, but yeah, it's just so cool how that all works. Caleb, something we have noticed on your YouTube channel is that you basically have the cleanest audio of any YouTube channel on the platform, period. It's incredible. And it seems like the good people at Moment have also noticed that. And we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. But a month or so ago, you launched an online course with them on how to record great audio with your videos. You already make a ton of educational content on your own. So what was it like compiling an educational course like that with another team of people? So they're really trying to branch out on their on their lessons, on their courses that they're mm -hmm. making. Um, and I've gotten to know the people over there through SwitchPod mainly because they stock SwitchPod and, mm -hmm. and help sell it. Um, and I've been selling my own courses for six or seven years now. Um, but I've also taken some courses through a moment that you know, they've produced on their own, you know, like they've filmed and edited and have a relationship with a, a creator, someone that's yeah. selling the lessons. So I just reached out and I was like, Hey, would you be interested in working together on a course? And so that, that course is actually fully produced on, on my end. So oh. I filmed it, my editor edited it oh. and it has a different kind of uh, money structure with moment than one that right. they make, um, in house. And so I sell that course directly and they sell it and you know it's a different percentage if they make a sale than if i sell it you know through teachable or whatever so sure so that that's kind of how how that came to be that's super interesting i love seeing how they're branching out cuz it felt like as as soon as which one was it iphone 8 or what whatever whatever one was the 3 camera i was like oh no like you're like now what are they going to do yeah. i know we're like <laughs> we're sitting in a studio looking at the new iphone presentation we're like is moment going to die like oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> and I've been so impressed by just the pivot that they've done in the past few years into selling more gear and sh they're just even more popular now. And seeing that pivot and diversification has just been super cool. But I love hearing that perspective of how you kind of collaborated 
with them on that. Um, yeah, they're they're really smart about what they're doing. You know, big pivot away from only doing lenses in smartphone cases and stuff like that. As the cameras yeah. added, you know, they added more cameras to the phones and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they've they're now they're selling Sony cameras and Fuji cameras right. as a retailer, and they have the whole lessons thing. And they were doing you know like trips you could sign up for and go with a creator to yeah. take photos or do video before COVID hit. So you know they're really branching out mm-hmm. into a lot of different things. Could could you see them turning into something like an Adorama or a B and H? Yeah, I think they're like the cool version of of those places. <laughs> yeah, you know? <laughs> you know, it's like a more curated catalog of what what they offer. Uh, they also do content really well. You know, so so their videos about the new drone that comes out or whatever. You know, it's very well done as well. They they have the Instagram game down. Like they're, they're like the cool kids version of of the bigger camera retailers. We're, we're actually huge fans sure. of Niles and Caleb's Dad's Tried podcast, and we totally pitched them <laughs> by pretending to be them. <laughs> they liked it. Yeah. I'm so happy they liked it because we really leaned into like the Californian Yo, in us. Dude. <laughs> dude. It felt like we were on an SNL sketch and we just filmed that and then sent that to them. And we're very, very grateful that they liked it. Yeah. yeah. That was a shot in the dark. Anyway, um, yes, I mean I'm going to be branching more into educational content this year. I started a Patreon last year, almost a full calendar year from now, um, and that's been awesome. But like I I went to school to be a teacher, so I have um, that background. I feel like I'm I have that natural inkling to do that, and I've just always been trying to like the the past three years been trying to figure out like what's the avenue and wanting to do it. What would be your advice for someone like me? Um, Cause I know a lot of people will say, you know, like you need to build the trust of your audience. Like you need to be delivering solid stuff first and like let them know that you're not just like building a YouTube channel for a year to do a huge course drop and, you know, grab your bag. Um, yeah. What kind of advice? I guess it's just a personal, this is just like a open mentor session. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I mean, that, hey, that's Caleb, what a podcast really is. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I mean, that's what I think you, you start a podcast by having someone on that's like, oh, tell me about you. And then by the end of it, you're like, okay, th- help me fix my problems. <laughs> I know. I'm like, at the end of this, I'm like, okay, so Caleb, Caleb just send me the invoice. I'll pay whatever. <laughs> so my, my, advice, my advice for courses, um, well, I mean, they're kind of separate to me. Like, I don't view my YouTube audience like the audience that maybe gets courses from me there, there's mm. definitely some overlap but i personally sell my courses to my email list mm. better than to my youtube subscribers yeah. so i think it's important to have an email list as well and and capture who you can from youtube and your podcast and other places and provide value that way as well but i think i think self-hosting the courses is is the way to go like pay for uh, teachery or thinkific or teachable yep. or one of the platforms that can like host the courses yourself and then you know you pay them the fee you pay the credit card fee but you got good margins there your high 90 percent margins versus you know putting a course on a udemy or a skillshare or something like that that gets discounted and you know, i'm not i'm not the biggest fan of those platforms uh personally mm-hmm. uh i know certain creators and friends of mine that you know, do put stuff on Skillshare because maybe they have ads on their channel that are Skillshare. And so it makes sense to put their course there, drive more people, yeah. you know, get paid more. But I, I prefer to just self-host my courses and 
and sell them that way. That's good confirmation because we've been we've been toying and tinkering with Thinkific. So um, it's really good to hear to kind of know that we're trending in that direction because we we feel strongly about that too. Just kind of what we're capable of learning on our own and figuring it out kind of as we go, I think make, makes mm-hmm. most sense, especially like what you're saying with profit margins and even connecting that to what you're saying with partnering with moment. Like you're very clearly knowledgeable in the space. And so you're like, Hey, this makes most sense if we're going to collaborate on something where I produce it and that's easier for you guys. Cause then you don't have to send a team and whatnot. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, Caleb, have you experimented with Patreon at all? I have not. Um, I have trouble putting out free content consistently, so having someone pay me to put out content, although that would probably make me do it more <laughs> sure. more consistently. Um, I haven't done it partially because I don't have the need financially, personally, as well as the, 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 just like the added thing to, to do. But totally. I think there is definitely room for it in, in, you know, in what I could do for people, and it might get me to, to share more with people, be a little bit less polished and edited and you know give people more behind the scenes look at, at running stuff but I, i've said i've subbed to certain people's patreons to kind of see what they offer and see see how they run them but i haven't personally as we mentioned earlier um back in september you published the 100th podcast it's just awesome to hear and watch uh with your wife um and that's obviously an enormous milestone you know you talked about it being over the course of six years um just kind of feels staggering. I don't know. I don't even know what that would look like for us um, once once we get there. But you in it, you talked about what the re- recalibration of what this past year and past season has been like for you. And this is just kind of getting to the heart and the core of like who we are and our philosophy is. We feel like having a whole conversation like we have already. It's it's super fun to talk about gear and to talk about business and to talk about like all those fun and like, Oh, you met pyramid kid. Well, you know, um, and all that stuff is flashing good on YouTube, but like we are so much more concerned about like what the, just what the long term looks like as uh, business owners. And maybe if you could just speak to that a bit, like how you're resisting, um, the inevitable, inevitable burnout and how to just build things in your life and structure to, you know, make it sustainable for you and that you're not feeling burned out and you are spending time with your family. Um, so, well, I think pre having a kid, it was easy to work more. It was easier to mm-hmm. work late, work weekends, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. I had a much busier travel schedule pre COVID pre having a child, but I think that kind of forced me into like bankers hours is what I heard someone, you know, refer to it as recently where it's like, I work nine to five Monday through Friday and that's it. Like uh-huh. I, I try not to work nights. I really don't work weekends. And that alone um, just puts like a capacity on what I'm able to accomplish, which makes me more focused, which makes me only do the things that I want to do or really have to get done mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, half working for twice as long. So I'd say that's been something that's very much uh, put constraints on, on, having having that balance of making sure I exercise and go outside and eat at normal times and, and sleep normal hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a kid. That's my life hack. I have a kid, maybe two. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Dude, I feel that. Well, we like my wife and I, we had kids before we were even planning on it. Like our first kid was a surprise and 
uh, we were young, we were 22. And so we were just kind of thrown into it. So I, I got put in this position where it was like, I, if I want to do this thing, I have to grow it while we have kids. Um, because we planned our second just cause we didn't want them to be super far apart. And so for me, the past six years has just been like this insane balance of trying to spend enough time with them. And there's definitely a part of me that like grieves all the time I lost, um, with our first two. Um, and that's obviously time I can't get back, but there's also a part of me that feels like that was a, a great sacrifice because of the position I'm in now. Um, because, you know, I, we get all this time and flexibility to, um, to spend with them now. And I love that you said that cause I'm, I'm really kind of going in the same exact direction of the nine to five Monday through Friday and then a wedding every once in a while on Saturdays. Um, but that again, you're right. Like that creative constraint, um, or that actual tangible constraint of the nine to five makes me really focus in, okay, like how am I going to make today productive? Um, and how am I going to utilize my time best? So yeah, it's just, yeah, this, a lot, a lot of this conversation is just really affirming to me personally, um, to see someone as successful as you, uh, doing a lot of the same rhythms I've started to adapt over the past year, you know, um, relating. Well, and it's like, that's the thing you want to do escape. Well, I don't know right. if you ever had like a, a desk uh, yes. job yeah, like teaching. I did. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you're like, oh, when I don't work here, like I'm going to sleep in and I'm going to like work on the beach with my laptop. And it's like, OK, <laughs> I, I don't sleep in. I'm a morning owl. Also, you can't see your laptop on the beach. Any stock no. photo or like stock yes. footage of that is, is is trash. Yeah, that's not true. You need like a 3000 nit like video monitor that you like plug your laptop in and then you can see it with like a sun hood and everything. Yeah. There's there's a video right there. That's how, how you how you work from the beach. Um, but like you, you want to get away from that so much, but it's like actually it's not that bad to like have boundaries around that to be full on with work and then fully off and and then get recharge and, and go back. You know, I try to treat myself like a phone where like I put it on the dock for the night hmm. and it stays there and like I try to do that with work too. Oh, that's, that's the name of the episode now. Treat your body like a phone. There it is. That's it. <laughs> that's so weird. I, I, uh, I feel like there's this whole movement of the Casey Neistat era, you know, and like Gary Vee and all these people, just like the whole hustle culture thing. And people are even calling it like hustle porn. And it almost feels like there's a strong resistance kind of coming um, from that era, if you will. And you're seeing other YouTubers pop up like Ali Abdal and like, like much more calm presences, if you will. Danny Gewurz, like people who are just like very themselves and not so much like, ah, you know, like looking at me, all that stuff. Um, and so I think it's, I don't know where I'm going with that, but it, it just seems really kind of interesting um, and almost like, it almost seems like you've been one of those personalities kind of all along. And it's like this, this full circle of uh, something I w I'd like to credit to you as well. It's just like being yourself and just like, you know, doing what's interesting to you. Do you feel like you see some of that same um, change in the culture? Yeah, I definitely do. I feel like like just the internet personality is a certain type. 
you know, mm-hmm. there's there's different genres of it. If you go to the trending page, the amount of people that are making videos about their new mansion or, you know, like them having a baby. And I'm like, well, who's watching all of these videos? I don't understand, like, the need to, like, watch videos about that. But mm-hmm. the kind of, you know, hustle porn or whatever else... Um, maybe we can say porn enough times where this video gets, gets demonetized. Dang it! Stop. <laughs> We're maybe not even monetized it yet. It doesn't matter. Just make it say rally caps. Anytime <laughs> we said that word, just make it say rally caps. Um, no, but I think there's a season for it. There, there's, a, there's a season for for working more than normal. For you know, sure. There are times when you when you need to do that. Like when I had my desk job, I would wake up early and blog or you know stay mm-hmm. up late and like redesign my WordPress website. So like there, there were there were seasons for that. You know, there's times when you have to work really hard. But if you if you do client work or if you do creative work, you kind of have to go with the seasons sometimes. You know, if you live in an area where all the weddings are in the summer, like it's going to be busy during that time. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. it's not going to be busy in the wintertime. So I think I think it kind of comes and goes uh, depending on your, your personality and how hard you're willing to work and kind of where you're at in the stages of your business, too. Appreciate that. Man. Since the, the the birth of your daughter, uh, has there been a I don't know a, a daily habit or like just, just like one thing that you've developed to kind of maintain some of that? Again, hate the the term like work life balance and all that, but just like one thing to kind of keep you on track every day as a new father. Yeah, I've gone on a two mile walk every day for the last three hundred and thirty days. Boom. There we go. Oh, so, my goodness. I mean, it was like basically right at the beginning of lockdown. Uh, my daughter mm-hmm. was no longer, no longer colicky and screaming all the time. So I could finally, like, take her on a walk on the, with the stroller uh, and my dog and let my wife sleep in and, like, have a slow morning. So, like, that's pretty much what I do every single morning. Like, wake up, awesome. get my daughter, get in the stroller, and, like, walk the same path every every day. So that, that just like gives me like a cadence of every single day. I can listen to a book. I can listen to a podcast. I can listen to nothing. I do the same thing every day. And then when I get to work, like I feel like I've exercised. I've been outside because I work in a garage. Like we have a, a two-car garage and that's my office. It has no windows. Mm. <laughs> so so I, like, I like need to get outside at least once or twice a day. That's great, man. I, I feel like I... I lack that consistency in my life all the time. And some of my healthiest seasons are when I'm on a good um, running streak of like doing uh, marathon training and that kind of stuff. Um, but with an, I had an ankle injury the past um, few months. And so being out of that rhythm sucks so much. And I, yeah, I can't, I, I just see that consistency theme over so many entrepreneurs, so many creatives of like that. If you can have one rhythm that helps you like get focused and like, get into that nine to five. It's so helpful. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I feel like we need to start doing that. I, I, and I'm like dropping a bunch of things people aren't supposed to know yet, but we just bought a house. So we and, and I'm really stoked for a rhythm like that where we can just walk around our neighborhood and not be like around a ton of busy roads in the city near a condo building. You know, um, it's a lot harder with three children managing like them going in the street. Caleb, I had uh, one last question for you. The The last video that you posted on YouTube, I loved, which was the, uh, a video about the mechanical keyboard that you went like super in-depth on. It was so cool, and it's something I've been looking into purchasing for a while. And I loved how 
mean, well-produced and how niche that was. Is, is that a direction you want to take your channel in? Because we talked about the recalibration earlier and what you're kind of thinking through in September about, you know, what do you want to create? What are the things you want to be posting about? And that video I could tell, I was like, he just seems so into this and it seems like something he just genuinely loves. And I loved it too. And it just connected on a really cool level. Is, is that a direction you want to take some of the videos you post throughout the rest of the year? Yeah, I'm changing, all, only making keyboard reviews. Only keyboards, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I posted a video, that video, and someone's like, is this what you're doing now? And I was like, no, this is just like the one random video I'm making about keyboards. <laughs> And but then, like doing research for that video, I found channels that do that. So I'm not going to like hate on it too much because like those people found their yeah. niche and they have yeah. hundreds of thousands of subscribers. So mm -hmm. um, that's great. No, yeah, I just want to make more videos that I'm interested in. Like I said, YouTube stuff is is bonus income. It's what I spend my extra time on. Mm -hmm. So I want to have more fun with it. I feel like for a while there, I was just trying to make videos I thought would perform well or thought would get search traffic and things like that. And I'm not mm -hmm. going to just post a random video and not think about the thumbnail or not think about the title or that sort of thing. But, you know, that video has performed like on the YouTube dashboard, you know, 10 out of 10, like this is the worst video you've posted out of the last 10 performance wise. And it was like, Curse I knew that was going to happen. Like, cause I, I went sideways to what my subscribers expect, what YouTube expects yeah. to promote my videos to certain audiences. So, you know, just having, having more fun branching out with a little bit of my content about, getting back into talking about personal finance or running your business or, you know, stoicism or mechanical keyboards or whatever, whatever the thing is I'm interested in, just make <laughs> yeah. videos about it. Cause the people that I follow on YouTube, you know, I don't watch every single one of their videos. Like mm -hmm. I watch the ones I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. feeling like that I need to make a video that always fits into this perfect little box of this ideal avatar person. It's, it's not really true. And, Certain videos are going to do well in search and certain videos are going to do well to your existing audience. And you mm -hmm. just kind of put enough of them out there and just kind of see, see where they go. It's mm -hmm. great. Love it. Well, you managed to hit the right avatar with me. I'm like, man, love his cameras, love the keyboard. That is a perfect combination. <laughs> That's great right there. <laughs> well, hey, Caleb, it's been so much fun talking with you and we really, really appreciate you making the time to chat with us about your incredible career. Where can our viewers and listeners follow along with everything that you are doing? Uh, luckily, I have a hard to spell last name. So if you just type <laughs> CalebW.com, then that will take you to my website. Um, but if you learn how to spell Wojcik, uh, W-O-J-C-I-K, you know, I have that Caleb Wojcik on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all the places. Perfect. If you were watching this video on YouTube, could you just do us a favor and like and subscribe if you haven't? We, we have to do that every once in a while now to play the game. So please do that for us if you could. <laughs> and if you happen to be listening to this episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever your favorite streaming service is, please leave us a review as well. It really does help to push the show out to more and more people that could really benefit from it. Thanks for listening to Rally Caps. Thank you, Caleb. That was really epic. Loved it. Yeah, Appreciate I'm kind of disappointed time. you're not wearing a hat. <laughs> this is Rally Caps. I know. Dang it. You came out and I was like, shoot. We're you're not the only dude, one I that showed up prepared today. <laughs> I should have had something I, like I got slowly a fresh burning cut, so in the background. If I get a fresh cut, I got to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, whoa. Deep cuts. Man. Man, Caleb wow. did his homework, too. 
He did. Oh my gosh. Just casually sips. There we go. Done. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he didn't take it's one so drink the whole time. He's like, I'm just going to, that was his mic drop right there. But that's none of my business. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll catch you next week. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs>